Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast. This week we've got a great speaker. Hope you enjoy it. Good on you, Ewan. Thank you very much. Good morning, church. How are we all doing? We're all well. Well, it's exciting to be here this morning and just to share the word of God. So, as you can see, my sermon title is called Don't Put God in a Box. So I just want to start off by reading the, the main scripture that I'm going to use for today. Um, so if you want to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 to 20. I think we've got it as a slide as well. Robert, can you just put the next slide up? Robert, sorry. So Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 to 20. It says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all his fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurable more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Um, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So let's just pray before I get started, and we'll just ask for the presence of God just to fill this meeting this morning. Father, we just ask as I bring this word that you will just touch your people, Father. I just pray that whatever it is you've placed in my heart, that we can just come together and unify as one church and just declare you as our Lord and Savior this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, one of my all-time kind of dreams came true. It's always been an ambition of mine to be involved in some sort of food competition. Anyone that knows me knows that I love my food. So all of a sudden I got an email popping into my work email address from a company called Craft Butchers Association. They're one of our clients, we do some work for them, and they were looking for a volunteer judge for the next pie competition. Oh yes, now you're talking. Yes. I hadn't even finished reading the email and I already replied, yes, I'm in. I don't care, I'll do it. So there was 14 judges altogether, and um, there was professional bakers, professional butchers, there was food kind of um, bloggers, food associations, and he was going round and he was introducing everyone. So this is, you know, Mr. Johnston, the butcher, He's a food blogger, she's a food expert, and this is, um, th- this is Michael. He's, uh, he does some business for us, but he just loves food. And I was like, yeah, you've summed up right there. So, so it was, there was 240 steak pies and mince pies that we had to taste. Now, obviously, I didn't get to taste all of them, but I did get at least 40. So it was quite an impressive day. Talk about heaven on earth. It was just amazing. So anyway, we were all sitting down as the judges, and I had no, I had no idea what to expect. I, I, I didn't know. I knew I was going to get some pies, but I didn't know apart from that. So I sat down, and then it was at um, Stirling, um, Stirling College, and they used one of the 
kind of local chefs because they've got chefs training there to bring the pies out. And the, pie, uh, the, the chef brought them out in a cardboard box. Now you're getting excited. There isn't pies in here, just to let you know. But he brought them out, and all of a sudden, the main judge shouted, don't put the goods in the box. Don't put the goods in the box. And I was thinking, what? And it's because, obviously, you've got hot pies in a box. They're starting to go all stale and soggy, and just they weren't going to be good for judging. Obviously, us judge, we expect the best type of pies. But it's funny, because in that moment, instantly, God said to me, have you ever been stale for God? And I was thinking, have I ever been stale for God? In other words, have I ever put God in a box? And you know, that's where I got the title of God in a box, don't put God in a box. And you know, every time I get an opportunity to come and preach and share the word to you as a church, I always think of two things. One, am I being true to myself? In other words, I want to share my journey, how God's speaking to me and help to encourage you as a church. And two, I want to be true to God. If God, if this is really what you want me to share on, then just make it clear in my heart and just make, just make me on fire for the topic. Because I've been thinking about this topic for a while now. So when God started to say, have you ever put me in a box? It really started to sink in. But then I did the classic preacher mistake. I started to doubt myself. I was like, oh God, I was like, is, this surely, is it really what you want me to do? And I was sitting in my work one day, Hannah was away at a meeting, and I was praying, you know, God, just, this was on Thursday, so it's quite, quite soon. I was like, God, I really just need to know, is this what I'm meant to be sharing? And then the doorbell went, and I went downstairs, and there was a pallet. Anyone that's been to our house knows that we've got kind of stairs that go up, so there isn't really room to take a pallet inside. And there was 24 cardboard boxes I had to take in for one of my clients. And I tell you, I was like, right, God, this is a little bit of a sign. Box, literally, our stairs just full of boxes. I hadn't even got back upstairs to my office yet, and an email popped in from another client saying, just to let you know, we've got some printed goods. They're coming to you next week, and there'll be 12 boxes. So there's boxes everywhere. It's just boxes everywhere. So I was like, right, God, that's it. I know it's true to you as well as it is to me. So... It's quite exciting, and I'm looking forward to just sharing what God's put on my heart. Uh, Robert, could we just get the, the next slide up, sorry, just back to the beginning. But the first point I want to make, I've titled it, All Boxed Up. You just want to turn to your neighbor and just turn around and say, you're all boxed up. I, I've been a Christian now for about 12 years, and I remember my first day, I became a Christian just before I went to university, and I remember my first day at Stirling University where I had the first big decision to make after becoming a Christian. Do I tell people I'm a Christian or do I just leave it? It's that kind of controversial question. We probably all can relate to it, whether it's a work environment, college, even a neighbor or a best friend. Do you admit you're a Christian? And I remember praying about it because it wasn't an easy decision because I was a new Christian, wasn't sure what to do. And this verse came to me, 1 Peter 2, 9 to 10. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he has called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, but now you're God's people. Once you received no mercy, 
Now you have received God's mercy. And for me, that just got me excited about being a Christian. I was one of those Christians when I went to university, after hearing this verse, knowing that I was a royal priest, knowing that I was God's own possession, knowing that he was going to use me to show the goodness of God to others. I used to walk around university when I first went with the, the two classic armbands, you know, what would Jesus do? And another one, push, pray until something happens. And it gets worse. I then had a backpack that had a wee badge on the back. Smile, Jesus loves you. <laughs> and then when I joined the Christian Union, we got these t-shirts printed up like a rugby top and big bold letters across the back. Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, follow me. So obviously it was actually quite interesting. You'd walk around campus and you'd get the, the funny ones that would, you know, form a wee conga line following you about the place. But I realized that the reason I was like that is because I had childlike faith. I was called out of darkness into his wonderful light. It says in John 8, verse 12, he is the light of the world. It says, let my light shine out of darkness, 2 Corinthians. I knew I couldn't stop shining because of the love of Jesus that was in me. My flatmates used to joke that I was called Counselor Strachan. You know, they would come to me no matter what time, and I can assure you, I promise you, no matter what time, they would come knocking on my door and they would just ask for some advice. They would tell me their problems. And it was exciting for me because exactly what I read in Peter, it said, he will use me to show the goodness of God. And that's what God was doing. He was using me. It was just exciting. I was on fire. I was just a young Christian. I didn't know anything else apart from how to just let the light shine through me. And it got me thinking about boxes. I remember my first nephew, Mark, he's now 15, which is scary to think, but when he was a baby, he, I've got this video of him playing in a cardboard box. I'm sure we can all relate to that, where you buy somebody the expensive present and they open the box and the kids just jump in the box and you think, oh, what a waste of money that was. But boxes are used in everyday situations. You know, you, we use them for storage for moving things around, wrapping up presents. I remember when Hannah and I got engaged, Hannah's grandpa came from Australia and he gave us her engagement present and I was so excited because I opened it up and it was in a PC box and I was like, I was speechless. I was like, oh, he's given us a new PC. I was like, this is amazing. I, thankfully, I was speechless because when Hannah opened up, it was a frying pan. I was like, oh, <laughs> if I had come out and said I love the PC, it would have been embarrassing. But an interesting fact for you, over 5 billion cardboard boxes are sold each year in the UK. That's an average of us buying 80 cardboard boxes per person. I've got plenty in my house. If anyone wants to buy some from me, come and see me. But the thing is, every cardboard box has something in common. When you seal it all up, it doesn't let the light in. It becomes darkness. And you see, when you're a new Christian, the light of the world is all you can think about. You're excited, you're on fire. But then all of a sudden, that phase starts to disappear. Slowly, the way of the world starts to influence our thinking. Slowly, my knowledge of God started to be influenced by the people around me. Slowly, my experiences started to influence who I thought God was. 
says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 17, this is from the message, warn them before God against nitpicking, which chips away at your faith. It just fear, it just wears everyone out. Concentrate on doing your best for God, work you won't be ashamed of, laying out the truth plain and simple. Words are only mere words if they're not backed up by godly life. They accumulate as poison in the soul. And you know, for me, what happened was all of a sudden, the poison in the soul, the way the world started to influence me, and everywhere I was going, no longer was I just a shining light, but I started to put God in a box. You see, what would happen was I would speak to the, my friends or the people that used to come to me and think I was Counselor Strachan, but all of a sudden I was maybe a bit ashamed or a bit embarrassed because I knew about things that were in Christianity that I didn't know about before. So when they would come towards me, it was no longer, here's my shining light. It was, God, who's God? Yeah, he's in the box. I'm not going to talk about God today. I'll just talk about my own things. And you see what happens is I believe there's a few main reasons that we start to do this. One, we have a lack of faith. Two, we get a lack of expectation. We've all been in that situation. God, I've been praying for a week. I still don't have a job. All of a sudden, our expectation of God starts to drop. We start to put them in a box and close them up. Maybe we've been disappointed by God. Maybe he's disappointed us recently. Maybe he's disappointed us in our health and our finances. And all of a sudden we start to close up the box and shove God in it. You see, as Christians, we tend to lower our theology to meet what our experiences are, rather than raising them up to meet what's from God. And do you know what happens when we put God in a box? When we seal God up, do you know what happens? you start to limit the ability of God to use us as individuals. We start to limit his ability to move in our lives. We start to come to church with no expectation for God to be there. You know, we come into church and we get a nice welcome, nice cup of tea, coffee, Come through here, oh yeah, oh, George is singing on the, oh yeah, oh you're singing that song again, George, oh yeah, who's speaking today? Oh, Aaron's getting up to speak, oh Michael, who's he? Oh, he's just a guest speaker coming up. Then we sing another song, then we go to the cafe, oh I'm looking forward to it, oh can I have a pie, oh there's no pies, there's no sandwiches, all oh, right, okay, oh well that's my expectation of church, I'm just going to go home then. No longer do we come to church expecting God to show up, no longer do we do that. And then sometimes we let God creep out the box. Ian and Lindsay are coming round. Quick. Hannah, get as many Bibles as we can around the house. Let's show them that we actually care. Quickly, let's open that box up. My Christian parents are coming. Oh, yes, I'll say grace before we eat dinner. Yes, that's me. You know, we need to learn to stop closing the box up. So how do we do that? I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, get out of the box. You see, this, this whole 
journey that I've been on personally. This started a few months ago at Aaron and Lindsay's house. We had a life group meeting and Aaron asked us to split off into twos and I actually was with Ewan and we were praying and I shared a vision that I had with Ewan and it was a vision of um, like an old farmhouse and the farmhouse was run down, the windows were broken, the doors were broken, the roof had caved in, there was moss everywhere, it was just, the farmhouse was a bit of a mess. But then behind the farmhouse was the most beautiful looking crops and harvest I've ever seen. And I remember sharing it with Ewan and you and I started praying and Ewan said, it's simple. God's telling you to stop look at the, start looking from a heavenly perspective. Start looking at the harvest that's available. Don't, don't box up your expectation of what that farmhouse should look like. And through that, it started me on this journey of God started to say, I need to raise my expectation of church. When I come through those doors, I can't put God in a box and expect, expect that welcome. Yeah, yes, it's good to have a structure. We need a structure. We all know that. But we need to come to church with a little bit more expectation. Wouldn't you agree, church? You see, when Jesus says to Peter, get out of the boat and come to me, what he's really saying, you know, get out of that box, come to me, get out of the box, raise our expectations. You know, have we, have we ever been in a situation where we've got an expectation, but it maybe doesn't kind of meet up to our standards or it doesn't, it kind of disappoints us a bit? I always think the classic ones when you go on holiday, you know, sometimes you book somewhere, the pictures look amazing, you turn up and you're like, this isn't a double bed, this is tiny, or the bathroom's terrible, or, or sometimes it's the opposite effect. Sometimes you book quite a cheap holiday and it ends up being five-star quality. Thankfully for me, I'm married to the best holiday booker ever. I think she's secretly a travel agent because everywhere she books, she gets it for what I believe to be cheap, which is always nice, and it's always the best quality holidays we can get. And it could be restaurants, you know, we've all been there. We always use TripAdvisor now to try and suss out what's going to happen, but what's our expectation? And for me, as I said, I, I believe I was putting God and church in a box. And the truth is, when God started to speak to me, as hard as it is to say, I believe God was telling me that others do it too. I'm not alone with it. And this isn't me trying to point blame. This is me just being honest with what God's saying to me. Other people do the same thing. And it got me thinking, how, how can I go as a Christian from being on fire and excited for God as I was in my first year of university to where I am now? And it brought me to Matthew 18, verse 3 and 4. Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. In other words, we need to live like that childlike heart. Through our own interpretation and understanding of God, when we let the earthly world kind of interact with us, that's when we lower our expectation and start to put God in a box.
So the biggest question, obviously, how do we get out of the box? How do we start to change this? The first thing we need to do is we need to raise our expectation of what God can do through us. When we start to remove the lid off of our box, it allows the light to shine back in into the darkness. And I believe as we do that, we can start to see the blessings of God shine in our lives again. The Old Testament talks about the tabernacle, meaning the dwelling place for the Most High. Aaron spoke maybe a year ago about Jacob's ladder, and I remember him speaking about it being the dwelling place, the gate of heaven. And you see, for me, what I believe we need to do as Christians is we need to we need to remove the lid. And when we remove the lid, what happens is all of a sudden the light starts to shine back into the darkness. And as we do that, our expectations can start to raise and the blessings become and start working in our lives again. Because you see, when we do that, we're all of a sudden connected to heaven. All of a sudden, God and our thoughts and God's thoughts start to align and the light starts to shine back in our lives. We can't restrict God into a box. And I just pray this morning that we can just remove that lid and just start to get that alignment of where God wants to move in our lives against what our thoughts are. It says in John 1, 14 to 16, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, in the Old Testament way of thinking where it uses a tabernacle, through Jesus, we can now enter into that dwelling place constantly. It says wherever Jesus was, God was. And wherever Jesus was, men could worship God by worshiping him. As a result, we should have more expectation for God to reveal his blessings in our lives. We need to come to a higher perspective. We need to believe more. When we come through those doors on a Sunday morning, I'm making it my own personal mission, and I pray that you'll be with me, that we can come as a church and that we can just have a higher expectation to see more healing in the church. I want to see more souls being saved in the church. I want to see the gifts of the Spirit being used in the church. And I want to hear from God more in the church. Church, let's be an expecting church. Let's turn up every Sunday and expect God to move more and more. Let's be a church that doesn't put restrictions or try to hide God in a box for who He truly is. Amen? Wouldn't that be amazing if we could come with that expectation, knowing that not just me, not just Aaron, but everyone beside you has that same level of expectation. Could you imagine how powerful God will move in this place? The second way we can do it is we need to raise our capacity for God. Just turn to the person next to you and say, raise your capacity. Say it again because I need a drink. 
fact, Robert, can you just put that um, the slide back up with a verse on it? <clears throat> you see, it says in Ephesians, I'm just going to read this out again. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart. Let's just say dwell. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, let's just say wide, how long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. You see, going back, I all of a sudden started to get my own knowledge. And that's what prevented me from really having the blessings of God. I started to box him up. And not only that, but I hadn't fully grasped how wide, how long and how deep our God is. One of my favorite songs is Indescribable by Chris Tomlin. Anyone remember that song? It just, you can't even explain it because it's indescribable. But it says in Psalms 147, 4 and 5, He determines the number of stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limits. You see, what does every box have in common? Blocks out the light, eh, the darkness, sorry. Blocks out the light and forms darkness. But every box also has a capacity problem. We've all been in that situation where you're filling a box and you think, I can get one more thing in this. I love it when you go to Aldi nowadays. We're so cheap in Scotland, we don't even want to buy a five pence bag that we, we hunt the aisles to find a wee cardboard box and we shove everything in it and then you see everyone walking to their cars and their eggs are falling everywhere, their sodas falling everywhere. But it's just what we do. But we've all been in that situation where the capacity of the box isn't what we need it to be. And I believe that there's a strong connection between our capacity for God and the flow of God in our life. The reason God gave me this sermon this morning is I believe he spoke prophetically on my life. And I believe he spoke prophetically for the Vine Church and for Dunfermline and for Scotland and for this church around the world. And God said to me that as a church, we need to start believing the better increase of our capacity. And the reason for that is God was saying, I'm about to pour out my blessing and you better be prepared for it. Church, you better be prepared for it because God's going to pour out his blessing. And if we don't come through that door with an expectation or with a capacity problem, guess what? We're going to miss the flow of God. You see, what happens is anything we tried to box up all of a sudden has a capacity problem. And the only way to get rid of that is by actually removing the box completely. There you go, it kind of worked. Let's just give it up for the box. <laughs> Don't even ask Hannah how long it took me to prepare that. <laughs> but you know, it says in 2 Kings 4 and 6, when the vessels were full, 
she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is no more vessels. And guess what happened? The oil stopped pouring. If we come to church and we, our vessels are all boxed up and we've put capacity problems on it, guess what? The flow of God and the blessing of God will no longer come because we don't have capacity for it. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together by spirit, soul and body and keep you fit for the coming of our master Jesus Christ the one who called you is completely dependable if he said it he will do it and I believe that's the three keys that we need in order to increase our capacity our capacity level from a spiritual point of view what is our walk with God like do we have larger capacity for reading and studying the Bible can we increase our capacity for our prayer life, for our worship time? From the soul, can we increase our capacity on our decision making, our emotional capacity? And for the body, what is our relationships like? Can we increase capacity for relationships and can we increase, increase capacity for our health? I believe when we do those three things, we'll start to see the blessings flow in our lives. Can I just get the band back up? You know, when God ever speaks to me, I always go back to him and say, show me how. Show me how. Help me do this. And I went back to God and I say, right God, you've given me a prophetic word for me and I believe for the church around the world that we better prepare ourselves for the blessing that's going to flow. And I said, right God, tell me how. And he gave me four things. By asking God for an increased capacity. You see, in order to increase our capacity, we must ask God for help. The Bible is full of examples of people asking for more help and Him answering that and increasing their capacity. We must start to challenge our situations. We must challenge our spiritual life, our financial situation, our physical situation, our health. Start to think big. Think of Noah, Hebrews 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, what is in keeping with faith. You see, we need to step out of our comfort zone. When I was a young Christian, I didn't have that comfort zone because I hadn't boxed it up. I would love it to have faith like Noah. Lack of faith puts God in a box. That didn't happen to Noah, so let's challenge our current situation. Number three, expand your perspective. We need to enlarge and expand our vision. In order to get all that God has planned for us, we need to let the world, the word of God, be our lens to the world. 
don't see life based on our understanding or our background or our conditions, but rather based on the words of God, based on the truth. And lastly, number four, think big. And once you've thought big, think even bigger. And once you've even thought bigger, guess what? Go even bigger than that. Let's increase our capacity to allow the flow of God to be better and bigger in our life. We need to align our thoughts with God's thoughts. When we dream big, God does big things in our lives. You stand with me this morning, church. I really do mean it when I say that we need to increase our capacity because the blessings about to come from heaven. And I just pray that as individuals and as a body of Christ, as a church, that we can remember this is his dwelling place. And that we can no longer box things up, box up Christ, box up God, box up the church. But that we can just increase our capacity by firstly just asking God and I just ask you this morning church on this Sunday that you'll just ask God to increase the capacity because when the blessing comes out I can assure you I want to be there I want to be there receiving the flow of Christ in my life and I pray that you'll be with me so Father we just ask Lord this morning we just ask Lord that you'll come in our lives no matter where we are in our Christian journey we just declare this morning, Father, that we ask for that increased capacity. We ask for a higher expectations because, Lord, we have a faith that we know is going to see the blessings flow from heaven. Lord, we want to see the blessings flow in our lives. We want to see the blessings flow here at the Vine Church in Dunfermline and in Scotland and around the world, Father. And we want to be part of that church. Guys, we just give God a huge round of applause and just come with expectation, guys.